0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host Tim
1: and Shannon.
0: It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this It's Not For The Kids this Thursday episode. It is not always for the kids. I'm so sick of being sold on that. We're going to jump into that conversation with educator and professional Natalie Paulson. She's very well versed on some things because we need to be informed voters. And we're going to be really informed today about some things that are on the ballot right now. We're going to do that after inspiration.
1: Our inspiration today is Headlong Into Danger In 1892, a resident with cholera accidentally transmitted the disease via the Elbe River to Hamburg, Germany's entire water supply. Within weeks, 10,000 citizens died. Eight years earlier, German microbiologist Robert Koch had made a discovery. Cholera was waterborne. Koch's revelation prodded the officials in large European cities to invest in filtration systems to protect their water. Hamburg authorities, however, had done nothing. Citing costs and alleging dubious science, they ignored the clear warnings while their city careened towards catastrophe. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about those who see trouble yet refuse to act. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. When God helps us see danger ahead, it's common sense to take action to address the danger. We wisely change course, Or we ready ourselves with appropriate precautions that he provides. But we do something. To do nothing is sheer lunacy. We can all fail to miss the warning signs and careen towards disaster. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. In scripture and in the life of Jesus, God shows us the path to follow and warns us of trouble we will surely face. If we're foolish, we'll barrel ahead, headlong into danger. Instead, as he leads us by his grace, may we heed his wisdom and change course. Heavenly Father, please help us to listen to you and to turn away from danger. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. It's time to turn away from danger this Thursday because it's not for the kids and we don't want them to be in danger. And the most dangerous thing is
1: debt. Well, it's servitude, debt, 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 servitude.
0: All of the really what's dangerous is lies. Because it leads us down a path that the lies get bigger. And we keep hearing about it's for the homeless. It's for the community. It's for this or that. And we always hear it's for the kids. And I think about the world that we're living in. And I, I think about all the overtime I work just to pay the same bills we paid before I got all that overtime. And it's because the house payment went up. All the insurance costs went up. Actually, we're going to be having a conversation about that tomorrow, about the cost of rebuilding your house. you got to pay for more insurance because government created this inflationary cycle that we're in, and so our costs went way up. But one of the big beneficiaries of all of those costs going up, instead of that $150,000 house that's now $450,000, the biggest beneficiary is government entities like your public school system that gets, I don't know, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars per thousand, depending on which school district you live in. So their budgets have already been bloated in past decade or so as the cost of housing has increased. And they are again asking for more money. It's on the ballot. You pro- depending on what school district you live in, it's gonna be a different price. We're gonna talk probably more closely about. Spokane Public Schools. Today, we got Natalie Paulson in the studio with us. Thanks for coming in.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: So you had a little bit in the hand of uh, talking about and, and writing the uh, con statement, right for the for the initiatives. Yes, I did. Well, levies and bonds, not initiatives. Levies and bonds. Yes. Tell us some of the grassroots of how you ended up doing that.
2: Well, first of all, the school district is supposed to find somebody to write the pro and the con statement and they never seem to come up with anybody to do the con statement and then goes through the auditor's office and you have just a couple days to figure it out. Hopefully, you know what's coming and prepared and you get it submitted.
0: So, so somebody's got, there's there's no watchers on the wall here saying, well, there needs to be a con statement because we're getting conned with these, it's for the kids' statements that they're giving us because the, the money's not going to the kids. The money's going to administration. And over the years, I've seen this happen, which is why it's been quite a while since I voted for a bond or a levy for the schools because I saw teacher pay increase 3 or 4%. I saw administrators pay go up 16%. And that was probably a decade or two ago, but I've kind of seen that trend happen. But then I also saw, Oh, a new administrative building. What happened after that more administrative offices. I'm thinking, I don't know. This is for the kids.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree. And if we're going to first kind of start with bonds, I always think bonds, buildings. So we have to kind of separate them a little bit. And I have to give a little disclaimer. I also feel that everybody should have a both sides to everything they're voting for. So I've gotten a little flack from, well, say unnamed people that work for Spokane public schools for putting in an against statement. But isn't that our democratic way in this constitutional Republic to have both sides to an argument?
0: No, it's only democratic. If they like the idea, uh, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's, that's, Forgot. that's the new, the new democracy is the people that want to control things and take more money are the ones that are right. Yeah. And it seems like not just the school districts, but government overall, We have these politicians that are in Olympia right now that are supposed to be funding public education, according to the McCleary decision. I know you're going to bring that up soon. But they're doing all sorts of different things to take more of our money while they all campaigned. And by the way, we'll be campaigning again this year to run for office. The whole House of Representatives said they were working on affordable housing. How can you increase our cost of living and our taxes and everything else and say you want to be a politician for affordable housing?
2: Well, and how do you have affordable housing when your property taxes have skyrocketed? They're up at least forty percent, if not more. So yeah, I think every,
0: countywide, I did go over that. It was forty-nine percent countywide. Yeah. Uh, our property taxes, uh, you know, went up. And I think about grandma. I think about. Well, I mean, I guess I'm getting older. Maybe it's not grandma. Maybe it's just mom, right? I'm thinking about the elderly that they're paying more to live in their house now, just paying the property taxes. They're
2: getting taxed out of their homes.
0: They're getting taxed out of their homes. They're paying more now than when they were raising their children in the house and paying a property payment.
2: Correct. And I know I don't have the exact statistic today, but it's probably not hard to find. We, at least 60% or more, goes to public education from our property taxes. So that is a large chunk of money. And so if we want to talk about bond real fast, let's just talk about the fact that Spokane Public Schools, I'm not talking about any other school district. I also got some flack today from some people in Mead. I have no idea what Mead needs. I have no idea. So you don't have to come after me. I'm talking about Spokane schools. Okay. And Spokane schools has four outstanding bonds. One of them is to expire this year. So we pay them for 20 years. So we are paying off the 2003 145 million principal. That doesn't I'm include that interest. So if I just do the 2009, 2015, and 2018 bond that we are currently paying, and we will be paying that for quite some time, that is 972 million. We're real close Nine, to a billion. Principal, not interest.
0: Almost a billion dollars. That It's a, all, almost a number most people can't wrap their heads around. It's so huge. And now we're looking at schools. Since we're on bonds, this is buildings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm looking at schools, and, and I see little private schools that, People are taking their kids to, you know, whether it's Christian or Catholic or, you know, just a private school. And the buildings are not all that fancy. There's a little play yard, whatever. Kids are getting a great education. They out-test score all the public school children. And they don't have a massive building. And I look at these new public schools that are $90 million now for an elementary or middle school. And they have these, like, 20,000 square foot areas that are two or three stories high. Just as an empty space when you walk in the door and they say it's a environmentally friendly school, it's not even financially friendly, you know, for the taxpayers because they have all this wasted space. And then you have to also pay for the electronic reader board like it's a bank.
2: So I want to, I, yeah, it's new and shiny and it's beautiful, but is it providing a better outcome? And one of the things that a parent said to me that I think this is important, well, my kid deserves the best. Absolutely. But does your kid deserve a future? We are putting them so far in debt, our grandchildren are going to still be paying it off.
0: Well, if these kids are getting the best, then their parents should be able to afford new flooring that hasn't been replaced in 30 years in their home instead of paying the schools to have massive open spaces that don't educate their children. If it's the best for the kids, let the parents be able to get new flooring instead of raise their taxes. Well, and there's a dirty lie here, too. The dirty lie is always, this is not going to raise your taxes. This is just a replacement levy. They say that verbiage, but the assessment value of our homes has gone up so much. Our properties has gone up so much. Of course, it's an increase when you're in an inflationary cycle.
2: Well, and we'll get to levy soon, but even the bond, they try to say that we will have a stable tax bill. How is it stable when my property taxes have you know, gone up at least 40%? I'm saying 40, I'm being conservative. Right. That makes things higher. Do this simple math.
0: When you will actually, most consumers, they will go to a specific place to get a 10% discount. So your ballot that you have in front of you is to get a 40% increase. That's the way we should be looking at it.
2: Hey, that's a good way to look at it. And I think we need to learn to live within our means. How about if we pay off the bonds that are currently outstanding before you ask for another one? I I, might be willing to vote for it, but right now we are too far in debt.
0: A billion dollars
2: that's just principal. I want to keep reminding everybody that does not include interest. So let's talk about the current one. It's a $200 million bond and we would pay that for 20 years. So if we approve it in 2024, it will be paid off in 2044. And that is at least at this current interest rate another 120 million in interest. So it's 200 for the principal and 120 just to pay the bank cuz we want it. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, and I, so This is, we're talking about bonds still. When I think about building something, there's a really interesting thing. It's kind of like zoning and you look at properties, most of the time they kind of, they try to make them square to some extent. Like the city blocks all throughout the city, they're square, because it just makes sense for infrastructure that it's square. And you look at most houses and most houses are built kind of mostly square. Doing that, you reduce the amount of exterior walls that, for one, you have to build. And also, it makes the building more efficient because you have more interior walls. And I'm seeing these schools getting built and they look like college campuses. They do. And well, they're
2: beautiful. Remember, I've said that multiple times. Great job.
0: Great job. But they don't look efficient. They look like they were built by narcissistic people that had more money than could ever exist.
2: Oh, but here's a great thing, Tim. They say that if they get this bond, the state will match $40 million. I think that's taxpayer dollars too.
0: Well, the problem with matching it with... So if if you give us more of your money, we'll take more of your money. That's what that sounds like.
2: Yeah. Doesn't make much sense.
0: So, so we have to pay for... $40 million to the local public school district. We're just talking about Spokane public schools. Correct. $40 million. So you think about that. If for the people that are listening, you multiply that by all the different school districts that are going to pass a levy or a bond that tells you that the legislature put a scheme into place that says, if you can convince convince, Oh oh yeah. Focus on the word con. If you can convince <laughs> the citizens to vote for the kids to build way overpriced buildings, we'll go ahead and take, you know, 40 more million dollars from you for every school district in the state that convinced the voters to go further in debt.
2: And you want to know the headline to that statement? It says, from the district, fiscal stewardship. I think they need um, maybe a vocabulary lesson. I don't think that's fiscally responsible.
0: Well, fiscal stewardship, but here's the other problem. Isn't the interest rates higher right now than they've been in a while. Maybe this isn't the time. Highest to they've bond. ever been.
2: Exactly. Maybe, that was my thinking.
0: Maybe we shouldn't we were fiscally responsible. We wouldn't use the credit card right now. We would start doing some, you know, crunching the numbers like it like an eighth grader would do in math class to, you know, make the the balance thing work, you know, balance that checkbook. Agree. Oh, wait, we don't teach them to balance oh, checkbooks. but
2: only 11% of seniors are passing math proficiency, but they have a 90% graduation rate, so maybe that's the problem with the math.
0: 11% of seniors passing...
2: Math proficiency.
0: Math proficiency, 11%. Well, well we should give them... Uh, but they're graduating... Yeah, that's a problem. I'm kind of wondering how that works. But I know that there's only 50% of the students that can read to proficiency as well and and throughout the whole public school range. And we have now, just in last week's newspaper, we have a new move that wants to put uh, classrooms into a multilingual style setting. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, can't teach them English, can't teach them math, but they're going to learn Swahili. Is that a language? I don't know. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back with Natalie Paulson. We're going to talk about your bondage and your levies coming back after the break. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. And it's not for the kids this Thursday episode. It's so frustrating that we get lied to that it's for the kids. And they use kids in so many political ways. And what I think most people would want, Natalie, is that we actually do see taxpayer resources going to the, the kids. And I don't know that these... Big monstrosity schools they're building is actually good for children. I think making the schools more like a hospital that's hard to navigate and find places, maybe it'd be easier to get to and from class instead of having giant schools with courtyards and corridors. Maybe that's a little intimidating for a 10-year-old.
2: Well, maybe just truly focus on how many kids are actually in a classroom and allowing the teachers to teach so that, you know, well, definitely that would make more sense than having the new shiny building.
0: Well, and that's another issue too. I heard, I think maybe you, you have said this to me as well, public school enrollment since COVID because parents were enraged with what their students were not learning and some were enraged with what the children were learning that the student enrollment, why do they need these schools to be so much bigger when we actually don't have a replacement rate in our country right now and in our state, we actually are, people are having less children. And we had like a 500% increase in children that were either going homeschool or going into private school options.
2: Yeah, and if we want to talk just about Spokane Public Schools, enrollment is down from 2019. Um, We had a small increase from last year to this year. But what I want to point out is in 2021 session, legislative session, there were two bills passed, one through the Senate and one through the House, that are called enrollment stabilization funding. And then they went in and they sent that for two additional years. So it expires either the end of 24 or it goes through the 24 school year. And so I'll just give you the current numbers. So currently, from 2019, Spokane Public Schools is down 1,762 seats. And they are still being funded for those over 1,700 seats. And we are currently funding each seat at $19,744. So that equates to almost $35 million going to Spokane Public Schools funding empty seats. Funding
0: empty seats. But we're building giant schools. I mean, how how many more seats? I mean, physical seats. I know that this is And they're growing them based on
2: program growth. That's why they're doing it. It says it in here.
0: Well, but so they create more programs because the children have to learn things. Sometimes their parents don't want them to learn. So they they add to the programming. But the students are not passing. District 81, Spokane Public Schools. I think District 81 you're not supposed to say anymore. They don't like that. I don't know what the deal is. But Spokane Public Schools does not have the success rates. If you take out, so you can look at their graduation rate, which they say is awesome, but it's a lie. They say it's 90% plus, but the thing is, is they're shuffling the children out into not just alternative schools, but if a child's not doing well in the public schools or they don't think they can shove them through, they put them in online, the state online schooling program that doesn't count against their numbers. Correct. So those students are also funded at a very high dollar amount, even though they're not in a physical seat. So the bond in these big schools that we're building, I'm not sure why they have to be so big. But we have really less enrollment, but we have a huge growth in the size of schools. We have a huge growth in the cost of the schools and the bonds. Why do we have to also have an increase in personnel spending?
2: It's a very good question, and I'm not sure the answer to it. I think we need a little bit more transparency, but I will keep going back to I think we also need to be more frugal. I have to in this day and age, you know, it's more expensive at the grocery store. It's more expensive to fill up my car so I can get to work. And I've had to change my budget. I think it's time for... That's why I keep saying vote no for our families. Mm-hmm. The district needs to look that they're putting more stress on our families by adding taxes. And they are adding. Well, it is not stable. More. They're
0: going to have to <laughs> add more taxes because the subsidized housing that we pay for as taxpayers is going to have to increase because those property owners that own those apartment complexes have to pay their taxes. So it, it, it really is a compounding problem if the schools waste money or misuse the money because... Now we're going to have to subsidize people that live down the street that could pay for their own, you know, grandma, and grandpa, another, we're going to have to put them on food stamps because they yeah, can't afford true. the taxes for their house. So it's a but compounding problem in here's government. Here's the
1: breakdown. And this is the thing that that they don't throw out there and the thing that we don't really look at as taxpayers. So you said we're paying $19,744,000 per student. Correct. Break that down, folks. 19744 divided by nine months our children go to school is $2,193 and some change per month. Broken down to 22 days a month that they go to school, if unless there's vacation and everything else, 22 days a month, we are paying $99.71 a day per child that goes to public education. That's $100 a day, folks, to send kids to school. Do you pay a yeah. hundred dollars a day for your kids to do anything in life at this point yeah. or empty seat? There's or not even a seat. kid. That's the problem. And there's seat. not an empty kid yeah. in the seat. Well, you
0: have to deduct those uh, couple thousand students that aren't there, but, but also, so you have the daily cost broke down. I, I like the fact that we can kind of look at that. That's how much it costs, but it actually costs more than that. Cause this is, this is just funding the student. This isn't funding all the other things around the students. There's a lot of students that, we're doing other services our state government is doing other services for but our state's failing in a lot of ways here this is multi-faceted failure of state government because our state is supposed to fund education not the local taxpayer because should we shove grandma and grandpa onto the welfare program even though they saved and they tried to retire because now their taxes went up and they can't afford to live in the home that they raise their kids in because that's what this is doing
1: no but i know that we don't have any kids going to district 81 so well, I'm paying a hundred dollars a day for students to go to school or some of them not a school to, go to school where where I love the teachers, but well, they're not getting what they need. They're not getting a curriculum that's teaching them to be a productive citizen, to balance their checkbook or balance their electronic statement that they get now. They yeah. can't change the tire on their car. They have no clue how to even check the oil. Check the oil um, in the car.
0: Well, I, I want to bring cars up, actually, in a minute. But um, one of the things I think we have to look at here is that only 67% of students even regularly attend school. So we're funding a whole bunch of empty seats that aren't there because we're funding pre-COVID numbers. Because basically our state government, Chris Dell, I have to say it that way, I don't know, made sure that the school system got the funding even though they didn't have the work. Like any other place, they'd have to lay off people if they lost 5 or 10% of their customers, right? Now we're building bigger schools, we're spending more money. So let's talk about the car. My car breaks down, whatever, take it to the shop, it's a mechanic. Okay, labor rate's $95 now. Are fine, fix my car. I got to have it to get to work cuz I got to pay the new bond and levy, you know? My taxes are going up. <laughs> got it some overtime. Go back to pick up my car. It was supposed to be $900. This- oh, no, 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 it's going to be 1750. Like 1750. What what do you mean 1750? Well, we had an engineer fix your car, not a mechanic. You said you wanted our best technician. I'm like, yeah, I just need a mechanic. Replace the seals. The public education system, we're paying people a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty thousand dollars a year to teach kindergarten or elementary. It's r- ridiculous what the system we've set up.
1: Well, and I think Mead is a total of fourteen thousand a year for students. Correct. I know the Valley is a little bit maybe just above mead but we have private schools that it doesn't cost you a hundred dollars a day to send your kid you can to private school no it's about
2: nine thousand a year um yep. some of them are even cheaper than that depending on where you go and scholarships so, and yes, you know what's interesting
0: exactly. the cost of private education in washington even though the taxes are higher there's a lot of other higher costs the gas is more expensive everything's more expensive in washington but the private schools in Washington are about the same price as the public schools spend per student in Idaho, about nine, ten thousand dollars. Yeah,
2: it's just again we'll keep saying it is not fiscally responsible. The, the system is broken. It's not the teachers; it's hurting our kids, and we need to fix the system. And it is not throwing more money at them. And yeah. I just have to say one thing for all those renters out there. I don't want to leave this out. This affects you too, because if the property tax goes up, your landlord is not going to eat that cost. He's going to put that into the rent. So I just want to make sure this goes across everybody.
0: Well, and that's something we really, I mean, I, I see the people, probably union members standing on the corners, waving the sign. It's for the kids. I think there needs to be some people near apartment complexes waving the sign. Your rent's going up, right? If they pass this for the kids. It's true. And it needs to be for the kids. That's the problem. If, if we had a stellar education system and the kids were getting what they need and they were graduating and they weren't... We could justify it. Yeah, if we didn't have a high... Po- we got the highest poverty rate of children... In public schools once they leave school more likely to be on public assistance less likely to be in a career you start looking at the failure rate of the public schools in the city of spokane why would you give them another dollar
2: and let's not even talk about last year we were nine times the national average of overdose deaths so where are kids going they're going into a life of destruction
0: well and that's the other problem too i know a lot of people are trying to figure out how to deal with it just in the community this the fentanyl crisis and the overdose one of the things they want to fund in our schools, I know that they just hand out Noxalone or what's it, a Narcan. Narcan. Mm -hmm. It's the reversal drug for opioids like candy. Mm -hmm. They got lots of students now that carry it, right? That's absurd. Where's our resource officers? I didn't see in the school bond or the levy, they said, oh, it's gonna increase safety. How is it increasing safety if we don't have any school resource officers that are dealing with the criminal element in our schools? Because the other problem our state government hasn't solved is children have a right to education but there are teachers that are dealing with violent criminal children.
2: Yes, they are. I was one of them. I dealt with it on a daily basis, and I haven't been in Spokane Public Schools for a couple years, and I'm not sure what's happening now, but I can't imagine a drastic change.
0: And I think that's something, safety for the teachers and the other students. We have an obligation in our state constitution to fund education.
2: Basic education.
0: Basic education. Yes. Good point. Good point. And, and they've, you know, trying to change that definition too, because here's the other thing with these bonds and these levies. We think K-12 education. Well, we're actually putting preschools and pre-preschools into public schools now. So now we're funding three, four, five, six-year-olds, right? And, and younger, maybe. I don't, we're going to have Child care here soon. There's going to be, you know, diaper changing stations in the public schools. And it's, yeah, it's, it's our state government's out of control. The local education system, I think what their demands on the taxpayer and the citizens are is it's out of control, but we're also going to add healthcare. We're adding more school counselors and children are now gaining access in middle schools and high schools to healthcare that their parents don't know about.
2: The uh, they want a medical, medical yeah. yeah, they want a medical facility in every school. And I think that's where your numbers come out. We're spending so much time trying to do everything when that's not what the goal of public education is. The public education system is to educate our children on basic education. And if we could get back to that, teachers could teach and we would be sending kids into the world that are proficient in reading, writing, math, science, history, Civics. And the public civics. schools, Ooh, civics. Civics. civics, well,
0: there is the one thing on the civics that they do, and that's those those electronic reader boards that they all spend a million dollars putting on every school now. That the only thing it really does is tell people when to vote for the school levies and bonds.
2: Yeah, but they don't want to give you two sides of the argument. They just want you to know one side. That, so, yeah, vote yeah. for the
0: kids. Vote for the kids. <laughs> vote
1: for the kids to be more in and I say, say vote
2: for up. vote no for our families. It's time yeah. to give our families a little bit of a break. Maybe that'd be less stress in the family and actually help the kids. I like, think,
0: well, having less tax burden, I, I'm I'm thinking in the 20 years in the house that I live in, in Spokane, public schools, taxing authority area, I think our taxes have quadrupled. I think we're paying right. almost quadruple what we paid uh, 20 years ago. And what are we seeing for it other than shiny, fancy stuff? Oh, and an electronic reader board we're not seeing results. In fact, I think those report card numbers for our education systems are actually getting worse with more money. So so I know that you said in an article and and in a statement that they need to do more with less. And I always try to look at both sides. They can actually do more with more because they've always gotten more. So I don't think less is a problem. I think they've got so much money. They're a wash of money. They just need to use it wisely.
2: Yes, I think we need to get to that actual title that they put in their statement of fiscal stewardship. I think they need a lesson on what that actually looks like.
0: I think they do. And, and we need to start as voters, as taxpayers, as parents, as people in the community. You know, we want our children to know how to balance a checkbook and see a future where they're not, you know, just living on the taxpayer. But it seems like we have an education system that looks a lot like a welfare recipient that doesn't want to go to work for that extra money.
2: And I've got a great, great question to leave you on the bond. How does debt buildings, right? This debt of bonds, how does that enhance learning? Like I really want somebody in Spokane schools to answer that. How does debt enhance learning?
0: I think it enhances the cost of learning because you have to pay for the debt. And by the way, that debt is not on a fixed percentage. It's a moving target. So the debt service could cost us a lot if different things happen in the economy. So Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about this on Monday because those ballots are going to be due, I think, what, Tuesday?
1: February 13th.
0: February 13th. Okay, so. Day co- before
1: Valentine's Day. A
0: couple of Tuesdays go. Oh, so you can show the children and your community some love and keep their tax burden down. Okay, right, perfect. We will see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Uh, You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.